you crazy metalheads. This is King Diamond, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks with John. Hey, what's up? This is Selenos from Dimmu Borger, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. All right, Welcome to episode 464 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 464, we are joined uh, for the second time, uh, but it's been a long time since uh, Tim the Ripper Owens joined us. Uh, You'll remember Tim uh, has been involved with a lot of bands, obviously, most notably Judas Priest. He was the... uh, vocalist after Rob Halford left the band. He sang from 96 to 2003, did uh, two studio albums and, and some live material with them. A fantastic vocalist has done a bunch of things since then, a lot of project type work. Well, he and uh, KK Downing, who left Judas Priest in 2011, decided to make an album. So KK's Priest was born. Um, some of that I think might have been in response to the fact that KK was not invited to participate in the 50th anniversary of the Judas Priest tour, which will be coming to Youngstown, Ohio in September. Uh, they also uh, wanted to work with Les Binks, who was the drummer of the band uh, on Stained Glass, Killing Machine, Unleashed in the East. So this is a little bit more than just kind of uh, one guy going off and making a, you know, a, a clone of a band. This is three... Uh, people who have been directly involved with Judas Priest for many years. KK, obviously one of the main songwriters. So they were preparing an album. The album has been delayed since the interview when we originally spoke to uh, Tim. The album was due out uh, this summer. It's been pushed back to October 1st. The album is called Sermons of the Sinner. Uh, KK's Priest website is kkspriest.com. Uh, you can find more information about the band there. We're going to play you a little bit of one of the uh, singles we have available to us now. We're going to get into that interview with Tim the Ripper.
my pleasure to welcome back to Iron City Rocks after way too long. We have Tim, the Ripper Owens. How you doing, Tim? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Doing very well. Um, you and Ken and, and some buddies uh, got together. KK's Priest, obviously been all over the metal, you know, kind of CNN type websites. Uh, Going to be releasing Sermons of the Sinner here in about well, a little over six weeks at this point. Can you talk a little bit about how you and Ken kind of collaborated, you know, kind of came back together? What what brought the two of you to this point? Well, you know, uh, Ken had, had given me a call, had some friends that went had an idea to do a show in 2019. It was in November at a, a venue Ken has called KK Still Mill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he had, right before that, he jumped on stage with Ross the Boss at Bloodstock in England. And so I think he had a little bit of, you know, I want to I get up there and jam. And the show went great. We had a great set list. And, uh, you know, he, um, I think he got that, that urge to do it. And then when he realized there's no way he's going to be doing, you know, the 50, the Judas Priest 50 anniversary tour, mm-hmm. uh, I think he was like, well, you know what? This, this kind of opens it up. I want to come back and do something. So uh, I think that's what opened the floodgates up. You know, he called me and asked if, if I'd want to do it. And, uh, you know, a have his buddy with friends of ours. I've known for a while, AJ on guitar and it started, uh, we started talking about it, started putting it together and, and uh, you know, it was uh, once I started hearing the material, I was like, man, this is, this is fantastic. Yeah. It's certainly the material is insanely good. When, when you left the band, obviously I, I you know, when Rob decided he was going to come back in fold, you kind of, were the odd man out. Did you leave on, on pretty good terms with the guys? Um, yeah, I, I left on great terms. You know, I had already recorded the glory. It's funny when they got rid of me, I'd already recorded the glorious burden uh, record with iced earth. Uh, so for me, it was easy. Cause I would jump from one thing to another band, which was playing the same size venues and, and headlining the same festivals as Judas priest. So it kind of worked out in that aspect. Um, but it, I knew it was coming, you know, and I kind of I said this in a lot of interviews. I was good terms. Uh, you know, um, I understood why I think I've always said it a million times. Rob needed Judas Priest and Judas Priest needed Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understood that. And I also had been saying I would never quit Judas Priest, um, you know, uh, so they fired me. No, I am. Um, and, and I wanted to do other things as well. And that's why I recorded that I served record. I kind of started wanting to do some other things because we'd have a lot of downtime. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just felt like it. But I, I was, uh, you know, Judas Priest was just so much fun. And the guys were such great friends. And it was such a great time. And I didn't burn any bridges. I left. And I don't, I, I don't talk bad about them um, other than me saying that they've erased my time. I mean, my era yeah. of Judas Priest is found but on a personal level the guys are fan the management um you know rob everybody i mean we all get along so i it, i knew it was going to happen and um you know it's uh it was always uh, something that was there yeah I, I thought of you actually when watching the, the kiss documentary i don't know if you had a chance to see it on a and e but when they when they talked to eric singer and it was nice to hear them kind of pull back that veil and be a little bit honest about the fact he was kind of put out about you know, when, when Kiss decided to go back to their original lineup. But, you know, I, and I think of you in, in a very similar light where I think 
from a fan's perspective, you were very well received. You, you know, it didn't hurt that Jugulator was such an amazing record, you know, and I think a lot of people were like, you know, you're always a little bit leery when the singer is changed in a band, but when you, I don't want to go for the throat to, to make a pun out of Jugulator, but there was no BS in that album. And I think it, you know, made people stand up and say, you know, this material is for real. This isn't somebody coming in trying to do, you know, a half-ass sound alike. You guys made two slamming yeah. albums. I think vocally, yeah, I think I fit. I think it was good. You know, the only bad thing about me when I joined Judas Priest is it was possibly the, the worst era of heavy metal ever. I mean, yeah. it yeah. it was uh, at the end of grunge, uh, during grunge, kind of, that whole thing. And it was, uh, you know, making a band in 96, people weren't, you know, they were playing clubs. I don't care who you were what band you were you were playing smaller venues and so i think it was that made it even worse that here i am joining my band which hasn't been around for five years joining judas priest in the worst part of of uh heavy metal but it was the fans were great and you know obviously not everybody loved me and that's that's normal i mean there's still people that that don't like brian johnson yeah uh, so kind of it, it amazes me but yeah. you know it was uh they were great records to me. Demolition was even better. So, I mean, it was kind of nice to do these, those records. I could sing this stuff when somebody didn't like me or they say they didn't like Jugulator or Demolition. I would always say, well, come to the concert and hear me sing there then because you'll, you'll love it. So, and the fans were great. Everybody was always good. Yeah. I was so, so happy that you guys captured, you know, not only the live albums, but the DVD, um, you know, the live stuff because it did work so well live and, and that music, you know, with the energy of the fans and, and the, you know, it was really an amazing time, but you're right. It was the worst of time to have great material because, you know, in a lot of respects, it went unnoticed, um, certainly by the mainstream of music, but, you know, looking, looking at the new album now, when, when you decided, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this with Ken and, you know, we put the band around, did you guys write, um, you kind of take use of technology to write because, you know, obviously it's been hard to spend physical time with people over the last close to two years at this point. Um, how did you guys kind of put the material together? Well, we were lucky because I flew over there uh, like the end of February, the beginning of March to do, to start doing vocals of, of 2020. So it's just, you know, when COVID just started being rumors and just kind of started going, right. I actually just got done doing European and UK tour uh, right before that as well. So I was kind of doing that when this thing started to hit. So I recorded my vocals at, at, at the studio at Ken's house. And, um, you know, the drummer was able to just get over there and do drums and just get home. So we were right on the cusp. I think I flew home like March 14th or something like okay. that. Yeah, um, you were so, leadingly close to being stuck there for a long time. Yeah, so we, I was able to do that. And then then when he when it all of a sudden that hit, you can't do anything. Because obviously you can't put a record out now, even though yeah. we've recorded it. Uh, we can't even get together for photo shoots or the record labels. Like, I, you know, they're not going to put a bunch of money into a record when the band can't tour or get together. Right. So then Ken started listening to it and we started changing things. So I started do, redoing a few of the vocal lines here at my studio. And, uh, but it was the meat potatoes. And really the, when I left, uh, when I left um, England, when I recorded it, I came home thinking this thing is, is awesome. 
man, this sounds great. So it was, it was uh, right. It could have been ready to roll right then, but yeah, so we were lucky. We recorded it as a band and together it was nothing really, you know, except that few vocal parts here and there, but that was just re-singing something I already did, you know. Did you guys have kind of an idea in your head what you wanted it to sound like? I think, you know, when I personally listened to it, this wouldn't have shocked me if someone would said that this was 20, you know, 2003, this is the follow-up to Demolition in a lot of ways. Was that yeah. something you thought about? I think it has a little, little of everything in it, but I, I, you know, Ken was the, this was his baby because, you know, he wanted to get back and get in there again. And, uh, you know, if he wasn't doing that priest 40, 50 anniversary, he's going to do, he's going to do this then. And, uh, you hear that this record to me sounds like KK Downing. Uh, it shows you how much influence and how much writing KK Downing did for Judas priest. Yeah. Because I hear things on there that go that, like the song Return of the Sentinel, which is the last song on the record, I think it is. Um, the end of that song reminds me of something from Rockarola, the guitar tone and the way it's going. So just some of these guitar riffs and the, and stuff, it I hear so much of, of KK's classic sound, but then it goes beyond that. Like then it goes to, to an updated version of it and some nice musical parts. And, um, you know, I hear, I hear, you know, a little bit of the things from Jugulator and Demolition. You know, I mean, yeah. when you hear the song, uh, you know, I think the difference is is probably tuning. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's just great. You know, it's great to hear KK's writing, and and when you hear him do it, you know, it's always when you hear someone do it by yourself, you just realize, wow, that was KK. Yeah, I think you know, you're you're obviously in a in a great position having worked with these guys for you know, so long, you know, in, in priest and then to work with him out of priest to really be able to appreciate exactly what his playing was like. I think for a lot of fans, you know, myself included, you know, you listen to, to the priest catalog, especially without watching it live, you know, this, you know, the non hits that maybe don't get played live. You're never quite sure who it is. You think maybe this is Ken, this is Glenn kind of thing but you know you're in a position where you've been in rooms with these guys i'm sure warm-ups things without one or the other or you know now in in a situation making a new album to really appreciate it and i think it's awesome for us now as a fan to hear that you know to know yeah. this is him you know yeah it is and especially with the risk because you could you knew who ken was with the solos mm -hmm. i mean you could really tell you know he's got this rawness to him and he's got yeah. an exper experimental side you know, the whammy bar and these sounds and tones and experiment. He likes to experiment more. Um, but yeah, to hear the rhythm parts and, the, and to yeah. hear sections of realize, wow, that, you know, you, you, you could never tell with that. You got two guys writing stuff, so you never know. But you really can tell now on this record, in my opinion, when people say, oh, that kind of sounds like Judas Priest. I'm like, well, how about if it's just how about if it sounds like K.K. Downing? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. been in one band his whole life and he's written in that band his whole life so maybe this album sounds like kk downing yeah and it's nice too you know from the the fans perspective because I, I think people have learned to become kind of cynical of what they see as far as who has publishing on songs you know because you, you bands will kind of move stuff around for business reasons and you know financial reasons so you're never quite sure so this way there's no yeah. no denying it and that's fantastic. I, I had to enjoy um, 
the uh, the track that the, I'll call it the priest and the devil, so I don't butcher the pronunciation in Spanish, which I, I'm not good with. But it was interesting you threw you threw some Spanish in there. Was that something that just worked better for the melody of the song? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what made Ken do that. I'm not sure. In, a funny story about that is. Um, when I first did the vocals, I had to redo it because we were singing sacerdote because one one people some people were telling us it was sacerdote. Yeah. E Diablo sacerdote and it's sacerdote. And uh, okay. but we looked it up and we, <laughs> we checked it. So I did the whole song and I got back and goes, hey, guess what? It yeah. was sacerdote. You got to go over the whole song. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. funny. Funny, I was doing the same thing with Google before I talked to you. I was like, how do you pronounce it? Because you know, when you're singing it, I want to make sure I said it right. Then I was like, no, I'm not even going to try, you know. Yeah, so that, that's what, you know, uh, Sacerdote Diablo. And it's, uh, um, it is great. I mean, uh, the priest and the devil, you know, I mean, uh, pretty cool. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great tune. Yeah, it, it's cool. Like, cause if, you know, I was thinking about it. You don't hear a lot of. I was at first when I heard it, I thought Latin was was the first thing I thought, and then I'm like, yeah, I go look that up, and you know, I was like, you don't hear that a lot in metal, but it sounds so metal when you do it. You know, to to throw in another language like that. So, uh, yep, really, yep, really, really cool. Do you guys have kind of an idea of what you want to do as far as taking this on the road? Obviously, the world is a tricky place to tour, especially outside the U.S. right now. Oh, we definitely want to tour as much as we can if we if it ever gets to that point. You know, maybe get on some uh, tours with some other acts, big acts, and try to do some of this, that. Uh, you know, obviously, it seems to be getting better to tour in America right now. I think it's yeah. the rest of the world, uh, which, you know, I imagine we probably want to start this, this venture uh, – you know, maybe closer to, to KK's side to start it off with. I don't really know. I mean, we're going to go wherever we can and whatever tour is right. You know, we're not just going to load up the, the the tour bus and go play, you know, something small. And, you know, it's it, it, this is only going to be done to to the right size and, and right tours. But, you know, like I said, America's to a, to a level now where you can start setting these tours up and there's tours going on. So uh, we'll see what happens. I know we definitely want to get out there and tour and support the record. Yeah. And I listened to this album. I think this is the kind of stuff I would think would explode on a tour in Europe. Um, you know, you know, us is always a little bit trickier for huge audiences for metal. Um, yeah. You know, I think you guys are poised. I think, you know, when, when you look at the lineup of the band, um, you know, the validity of it, this isn't just, KK putting some tribute band together. You know, this is, there's a lot of DNA of Judas Priest in this band. And better than that, you've got a fantastic album to promote as opposed to just going out and running through 12, you know, kind of classic priest songs. Yeah. Uh, night after night. So that I think that, especially with metal fans, will really ring true. Um, and I think when they, you know, if they haven't heard it yet, when they hear the whole album, you know, case closed. It's a fantastic Absolutely. record. Well, Tim, I, I want to thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. I wish you all the best with the album. It'll be out August 20th, if I'm not mistaken, in the States. Well, it's, uh, I just heard we think it might be changing October 1st now. I've done my last interview, so it might be okay. October 1st. 
So okay. we'll see. Well, well, the way record companies work, it seems like half the singles will be out before the album ever hits the street. So hopefully people get a good good amount of that in their ear. And I want to congratulate you and thank you again. All right. Thanks, buddy. The tour you've been waiting for is finally here. Evanescence. Hailstorm. A powerful rock experience returns. December 14th, Peterson Events Center. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Mastering the brand new Evanescence album, The Bitter Truth. Available everywhere. Evanescence. Hailstorm. Together. Live. All right, that wraps up this episode of Iron City Rocks. I thank you to Tim the Ripper Owens again. KK Priest album. It's not out for a little while. It's not out until the beginning of October. Uh, if you go to the website, though, uh, kkspriest.com, you can order signed copies, vinyl copies, anything you want. They've got. Uh, I have had the opportunity to listen to the entire album. You will not be disappointed. Um, if you liked Jugulator or. Uh, Demolition from Judas Priest or even some of the post-Ripper material. There's a lot of that in this album. Uh, No filler, just a 100 miles an hour metal album. Uh, So my hat's off to the guys for making a great record. Uh, You can check that out. We'll have links on our website ironcityrocks.com. Also, I want to take just a moment to mention Iron City Rocks has been uh, nominated and is now one of the 10 finalists for the best podcast in Pittsburgh. Uh, We invite you to go to pghcitypaper.com or if you check any of our social media links, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. Or ironcityrocks.com will include links to all of those. We would desperately love uh, and appreciate your vote uh, for the best podcast in Pittsburgh. Uh, We have started this show in 2009 the goal was really um part of it was was frankly we got tired of seeing tours miss pittsburgh so uh and then you always see that after a show someone says oh, i didn't even know they were coming so we've tried to make it a point over the last 12 plus years now to let you guys know what's going on in the music world um sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to pertain to pittsburgh but uh, i think we always try to keep that at the root of what we do let you know who's coming Who's doing a club show? Who's doing a theater show? Who's playing an arena, a stadium? Uh, we try to get into all different walks of hard rock, heavy metal, blues, uh, classic rock. So we hope that you enjoy what we do, and we would appreciate your vote. And, and it's an opportunity, I think, for you to show uh, the readers of Pittsburgh Magazine that music is important. You know, there's no shortage of sports shows and comedy shows and things like that. But I think. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you're a fan of music, uh, and we would appreciate your support in uh, so we can give back to the Pittsburgh music community. So thank you very much. I'll get off that soapbox. Uh, you can email us, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Let us know things you like about the show, things you don't like about the show, bands you'd like us to talk about, bands you'd wish we'd quit talking about. Let us know. ironcityrocks at gmail.com. We're on, as I mentioned, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, you name it, we're on it. So please check it out. It's it, Almost every one of them is just Iron City Rocks. Uh, so check that out as well. So until next time, thank you so much for listening.